1060 KDUS Tempe Phoenix and KSLX HD2 Scottsdale Phoenix. It's now time to enter the sports zone with your host, Bob Kemp. Brandon fought. Had a check swing, but he went too far, and Canna got on strikes for the second time. Well, when Fought gets to that sweeper, that's his wipeout pitch. That's the pitch he has to set up, and it lets everything become more effective. Ranger hands together, black glove on his right hand, the 2-2 pitch. Swing and a miss, curveball got him. And Ranger Suarez with a pair of strikeouts. He's faced the minimum through three. Launching for the end zone. Forget being patient. Odunze. And Washington takes the lead. My goodness. What a one-two punch from Penix. Williams gets the ball snapped. Rolling right. Trying to get there himself. And I think he got out of bat. No, they say he got there. I thought the ball was on the wrong side of the pylon as he stepped out of bounds. But they said the conversion was good. (laughs) Second down three. They can get a first down at the two. But time is an issue. Here comes the rush by Gaziano. And there goes the quarterback in for six. Kyler Murray, a five-yard touchdown run. And the Cardinals are back on top. Up top of your screen. Stafford. Akers will try once more. Akers. Ball pops out. The ball loose at the goal line. The Cardinals have it. Akers coughs it up. And Arizona recovers. That's where it popped out. Buda Baker slapping that Rydell helmet right on the football. The 1-2. Swing and a miss. Dirty slider. Carter right through it. He struck him out twice now. And there's two away here in the fourth inning. Third strikeout for Javier. One and one, the count to Maldonado. Scherzer delivers. And that is hit sharply past Youngkin in the left field. Tucker scores. Dupont around third coming home. He will score as well. Maldonado racing for second. The throw in the second, the slide. Maldonado was out, but the two runs count. Maldonado says take a look at it, iffy, on whether or not they tagged him. What a big hit for the Astros nonetheless. And line up your mechanics. This one's clubbed. Left field and deep. Going back to Varus. Still going back. Still going back. It's gone. That's how you do it. Left center field for Altuve. Six rows deep. Four nothing Astros. And it's Altuve's turn. One of the best games of his career last week. Lawrence has it shut wide open. Christian Kirk. Touchdown, and Jacksonville having a good old time at the Colts' expense. Second goal, car to the end zone. Touchdown. That's caught by Olave. Dial 602-260-1060. That's 602-260-1060. Or tweet the show at KDUSAM1060. And now, here's your sports own guide, Bob Kemp, on KDUSAM1060. Welcome to the Thursday, October 19th edition of the Sports Zone. Not just the news and scores, the news and scores with analysis. In today's Sports Zone, right here on KDUS AM 1060 and KSLUX HD 2 100.7. 
Diamondbacks and Phillies, who wins game three? The Pac-12, which is most likely two teams in the CFP or zero. The Cardinals, which is uh, more important this season or who is more important this season to be more accurate? We try to be accurate as much as possible here. So who's more important this season, Kyler Murray or Buda Baker? A little more on them in a moment. Astros Rangers, who wins the series? My Astros, at least for one night, my Astros. One last night, so good for me. And uh, also, uh, Jags or Saints, who wins tonight in New Orleans? Plus, what else caught your eye since our last show? Here's today's scheduled lineup on the show, which is the most informative sports talk Monday through Friday. In moments, we'll have the introduction of today's pipeline. 9-15, a Jags and Saints Thursday night football preview with Mark Long of the Associated Press from Jacksonville. 9-30 or so, interactive action, 602-260-1060, and also the local roundup. That will include a Diamondbacks and Phillies Game 3 preview. Then in the final segment of the Sports Zone, it'll be the National Roundup top by. From the, that'll be a, you know, the latest line, basically, and uh, whatever else we can jam in. The latest line for at least baseball and football for tonight, or today and tonight, as far as baseball is concerned. Then after the Sports Zone from 10 to noon, it is the Extra Point hosted by Kayla. That will include more phone call time. All right, on to the pipeline we go. Time for today's pipeline, where the host reveals the hot topics for discussion. We start with the KDUS poll question at KDUS1060.com. Today's question is who wins game three of the NLCS this afternoon at Chase Field, Diamondbacks or Phillies? And Corey is here and has the early returns. Ryan now split 50-50 over on KDUS1060.com. The Diamondbacks are obviously looking to avoid the 0-3 series deficit, which is usually see you later into the season before, you know, not officially, but there's only one team that has ever come back from 3-0 to win a playoff series in Major League history. Uh, they will Diamondbacks will send Brandon Fott to the mound tonight against Ranger Suarez. This is a real contrast of style of pitchers. Uh, they've both been successful, however, this so far in this postseason. Meanwhile, today's Twitter poll question, which is most likely the Pac-12 sends two teams to the college football playoff or zero teams. And, Corey, what do we have here? Zero teams leading right now on KDUSAM 1060 with 100% of the vote. 100%? Wow. All right. Most years in the CFP era, uh, zero Pac-12 teams. In fact, most years the Pac-12 has been pretty much eliminated by this time of the year, the middle of October. But not this year. There's uh, lots of speculation that they're going to get at least one, obviously, and maybe two. I opted for the two or zero question there. Meanwhile, uh, back on the local front or continuing on the local front to some extent, the Cardinals uh, had practice additions. Kyler Murray and Buda Pager, uh opened uh, that window of coming off of the uh, IR list. I don't think there's any chance that they're going to play this week. Uh, it's just me talking, but uh, that's my guess. Anyway, they were both practice participants on Wednesday. That's a step up and obviously a really big deal for the quarterback situation. Who's more important for the Cardinals this season, Kyler Murray or Buda Baker? Meanwhile, spanning the globe, the Astros' amazing road success continued. Uh, they're basically their, their season was basically on the line yesterday. 
uh, and they avoided the 3-0 deficit. Christian Javier improved to 3-0 this season in the postseason. And then the bats, really from top to bottom, bottom delivered in Arlington. Altuve leading off, hit a home run. Martin Maldonado hitting ninth, got a big two-run single in that second inning to give them a you know, comfortable, quote-unquote, lead. So uh, who wins the Rangers and Astros' best-of-seven series? It's now 2-1, to one, uh, game uh, game four of that series this afternoon or you know, this evening, technically. Still, I guess it's this evening for us, right? Five o'clock. So, anyway, who wins it uh, the best of seven series? Meanwhile, NFL game seven, uh, week seven, excuse me, begins tonight. Got my games and weeks mixed up. This It's number seven, though. Uh, the Jags are shooting for a fourth consecutive victory while the home field Saints have lost three of their last four games. Who wins tonight in New Orleans? Jags or Saints? This game is basically a pick 'em. Saints, a small favorite in most uh, worldwide betting locations. Also, in addition to all these excellent questions and topics, what else caught your eye since our last show? That's the pipeline for today. We've got all these tremendous topics and much more during today's sensational radio program. Anything else on your mind falls in the general discussion categories, so whether it's from the pipeline or a sports topic on your mind. 602-260-1060, or you can tweet the show at KDUSAM1060 or twitter.com slash KDUSAM1060. Basically, the only rules are accuracy and objectivity. If you violate those rules, or if you're just simply bad, you will be the topic of uh, Target, I should say. Target. It's like the the, the, uh, the the store. I went to Target this week, actually. The Target of this. <laughs> Got some new slippers, among other things, at Target. I'm sure you're all wondering, what was Bob doing at Target? Well, that's one of the things I bought when I was at Target, and these are very comfy. I'm wearing them right now. All right, coming up next, Corey, we'll have a news update. That'll be followed by a Thursday night football preview. Uh, the Jacksonville side of things with Mark Long of the Associated Press. Jacksonville, a team that I've been a little befuddled about from kind of week to week at this point. And uh, so Mark's going to you know, try to answer some of my uh, befuddledness, which I'm sure is not a word, but I just decided I was going to try to make it a word. So there you go. I'll try to be a little more clean when we have Mark on and try to avoid the nonsense. I'll keep the nonsense for when we don't have Mark on. Once again, at the bottom of the hour, phone call time, general discussion, 602-260-1060. Plus the local roundup, we'll have a, a brief Diamondbacks and Phillies Game 3 preview in that segment also. You're listening to Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KS Lux HD 2 100.7. Hey, Phoenix, Doug Gottlieb here. I'm bringing the best sports talk weekdays to you, 1 to 3 p.m., right here on KDUS AM 1060. Welcome back to the Sports Zone. Got to wait for Ronnie Van Zandt here. There he goes. All right. A Florida-based band back in the day, Leonard Skinner. Uh, welcome back to the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KSLX HD 2 100.7. You're home to the Dan Patrick Show, live Monday through Friday from 6 to 9 a.m. 
The Jags are looking to win yet again, uh, win their uh, fourth consecutive game if they win tonight. When they play tonight at New Orleans and down to the KDUS hotline we go. We're now joined the sports owner of Mark Long of the Associated Press. Mark, always good to have you. Let's start with Trevor Lawrence. Let's just get right to the big story here. Bruised the knee uh, Sunday late in that game against uh, the win against the, against the Colts. I assume we expect him to play tonight, and if he does play, uh, do you think there'll be any limitations in the offense, like moving him in the pocket, etc.? Yeah, I do think he'll play. I think he's going to try to tough it out, and um, you know, and play on that sprained left knee. He's going to wear a brace, which you know he worked with all week, but didn't do a lot in it. So he'll get out there on the field, I think, pregame and, and see how much mobility he had. He wasn't really comfortable in it Monday, Tuesday. It was just different for him, right? So he's got to kind of get used to that. Uh, but he's going to try, and he will. There's no question he'll have some 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 limitations. I don't know what, how, you know, how significant. But I would think if you're Doug Peterson and you're that coaching staff, you get him in the shotgun. You don't let him turn his back on defenders very often. You're not asking him to roll left, roll right, roll right. You just tell the offensive line, hey, this is on you. You guys got to keep this guy clean. You got to keep him upright. And, you, you know, you, you rely on the running game. You rely on, you know, Travis Etienne to get it done on the ground and, and maybe take a little bit of pressure off Trevor. And then when he does throw, he's got to get rid of the ball. He knows it. Receivers know it. The coaches know it. The game plan dictates it. And that's the way you roll into this thing. But for their sense, from their sense, you know, 80% Trevor Lawrence is probably better yeah. than, you know, 100% of C.J. Beathard. I would hope so. Yes, no doubt. Yeah. Uh, the, he's certainly he's made a lot of highlight plays this year, but he's completing less than forty percent of his passes in the red zone. What's up with that? Yeah, it's a huge issue for them. It's, the offensive line's been a problem, and all of a sudden you get down there, things start getting tight. People start blitzing when you get down in the red zone, and and that's been a problem for this offensive line. They're going to be without Walker Little. They're starting left guard. They've got a rookie at right tackle. Brandon Scherf at right guard's probably going to go, but he's been banged up all season with an ankle injury. So that's been the real issue is is just no consistency, no continuity on the offensive line, and it shows. And then you throw in they've got a rookie uh, tight end and a rookie running back, you know, playing in. They're not starting, but they're playing in in key roles and they're getting on the field and. You know, pass protection is hard. It's hard at this level. So those guys are, are kind of still learning the ropes. So a lot of that stuff is just made for a little bit of a struggle for the Jags offensively. Fortunately for them, you know, the defense has really picked up the slack and done its part here in the last uh, three games. Yeah, I'll get to the defense here momentarily. Let's continue with this offensive line discussion uh, some guys not playing, some guys beat up. Uh, maybe the Saints' defensive front's not exactly the best team to be facing at the moment. <laughs> no, and they've talked all week about Cameron Jordan and what a game wrecker he can be from that defensive line spot. And they move him around a little bit, and he's going to get, he's going to find a weak spot. He's going to find a weak spot and keep you guessing as to where he's going to be and where he's coming from. He's not going to make it easy on the Jags. And you go to a place like New Orleans. That, all that does is put more stress on an offense because, by all accounts, it's the hardest place, toughest place, loudest place to play in the NFL going into that dome, especially for a night game on a Thursday night, prime time, national television, you know, all those things, not really national television, but prime 
network, whatever that is, right? I mean, Amazon Prime. And so uh, exactly. So, <laughs> so all that, you know, it's just gonna it's just gonna ramp it up a little bit more, make it more tougher for the Jags and tougher for an offensive line that's you know got pieces moving in and out and a couple guys hobbled up front. Cam Jordan, the Valley product, and Christian Kirk, a Valley product also, and uh, he's now been with the. Uh, the Jags Kirk has for two seasons. How would you assess him in his Jags time thus far? It better than better than expected. I think there were a lot of people, myself included, who kind of raised eyebrows, right, when he signed that huge deal. Yeah. And nobody knew what the market was, but he was the first receiver off the board in 2022, and nobody thought, you know, oh, my gosh, this is the guy they signed Christian Kirk to this kind of – to this contract, and uh, it was off the charts, but he's been better than expected. He was fantastic last year. He's been fantastic this year. Even with the addition of Calvin Ridley, he's still been the man, and he's still really the go-to guy. Ridley's certainly a little bit more of a down-the-field guy, but when, you, when Trevor Lawrence needs a first down, when Trevor Lawrence needs a bailout, he throws to Christian Kirk. He's reliable. He's always open. Uh, fantastic guy in the locker room. Him and Trevor Lawrence are like BFFs these days. Evan Ingram, too. They kind of just the, the three of them roll together, them and their wives. Um, and I, you know, I've been I've been covering this spot a long time. I've been doing this since 1999, covering the NFL. So 25, almost 25 years. I've never met a better person in the NFL <laughs> from a player standpoint than Christian Kirk. The kid is he's off the chart, nice. And I got an eight-year-old son who loves football, loves the NFL, can't get enough, and he asked me, who's the nicest guy, you know, who wants to know who's the nicest guy, who's the meanest guy. I tell him every time, Christian Kirk. It is Christian Kirk, hands down. I will tell anybody who will listen, buy a Christian Kirk jersey, support that guy, make him your favorite player. You will never be disappointed. Very cool. Very cool. All right, Zay Jones, out tonight. Yeah, they showed a thing on NFL Network this morning, or might have been ESPN, one of those two. Uh, the, Lawrence's numbers have suffered when Jones hasn't played. Why do you think that is? Yeah, well, that's the guy. That's the guy in the red zone. He is. He's a big target. I mean, Ridley and and um, and Christian Kirk, not the not the taller guys, not the bigger guys. They don't have quite the catch radius. So Zay Jones is that guy. He is the big, lanky. Great hands, great radius guy. So when you look at the red zone numbers, you look at some of some of Trevor's completion numbers in the red zone, it's all related to Zay Jones. That's kind of his go-to guy. You saw it last year with the touchdown numbers. You've seen it this year with some of the touchdown numbers. He nearly had two his last game out and just you know couldn't get that second foot down or was just a little bit wide, one of those things, a couple of those things. So he's a big loss for them, no doubt. Uh, because even Evan Ingram, not a very big, very fast tight end, but not a very big tight end. So Trevor gets down here in the red zone. They can't run it behind this offensive line. They don't have more than three seconds to throw it, and you just don't have that big, big target to kind of toss it up to and let him go get it. Kind of a bad combination there. Talking with Mark Long from the Associated Press. You mentioned Calvin Ridley. Uh, I do a weekly fantasy segment on Tuesday with John McKechnie from rotowire.com. He's disappointed in him. Fantasy owner is the league I'm in. The fantasy owner is really disappointed with him. He's been inconsistent. Uh, were the Jags expecting more from Ridley? Yeah, I mean, and, and it, I think this, uh, he had two touchdown catches he missed in the Houston game. 
I mean, just blatant drops, and that would change. I think that would change the numbers, you know, because he was good against Atlanta. He was good a couple weeks ago, certainly very good uh, against Buffalo. He was very good against Houston, though he dropped. He had this huge touchdown. So it, it looked a little bit different if you had two more touchdowns on the, on the board there for him. Uh, but I don't think the Jags have been disappointed. He is a different, different type of receiver than what they've had. He is a game-breaker. He's the kind of guy, you know, you just have to account for him on every single play. He runs great deep routes, unbelievable on that outside, really opens things up for Christian Kirk and Evan Ingram uh, over the middle. So I don't know the disappointments are. I think they think they look at it and they go, they're still trying to figure it out. He's still coming back from two years off. He's still, you know, still it's all new with Trevor Lawrence. This is in a situation where they played a ton in the preseason together. You're not getting – you know, the same looks in the training camp that you get during the season. So, still, you know, they're looking at this and they're going, ah, it's still six games in. You're still way early in the season and plenty of time for these two guys to grow together. You mentioned the defense. Uh, it seemed to get better in the, the two games at London. So, other maybe it was just the London accommodations or whatever. Why, why has the defense been better in the last three games? <laughs> Yeah, well, turnovers, right? They've got they lead the NFL with 15 takeaways, nine of them in the last three games. Uh, they've been fantastic. They, you know, they they're they're getting pressure on quarterbacks. They're forcing fumbles. They're getting pressure, which leading to interceptions, balls thrown up, and then they played. You know, you look at who they've played. Yes, they've got Patrick Mahomes and and Josh Allen on the schedule already, and they beat Josh Allen. But throw those guys out, and it's Anthony Richardson, Gardner Minshew. Uh, Desmond Ritter, and who am I missing? Somebody from last, whoever it was last week. Um, I know we all missed you last week. I'm missing somebody. But uh, oh, week two, uh, uh, Houston, or yeah, week three, Houston, the, the rookie in Houston, C.J. Stroud. So it's not exactly a who's who of NFL quarterbacks, especially when you throw out the two big names with Allen and Mahomes. So you know that's part of it, right? And they're an experienced defense. This is their second year. They returned all 11 starters second year in the system with the same guys they should be better nobody expected this now and you know even though the stack numbers aren't there from Trayvon Walker the number one pick in the 2002 NFL draft he's been fantastic off the charts fantastic in terms of stopping the run and forcing quarterbacks out of the pocket drawing double teams sometimes triple teams just you know offenses clearly need to know where he's at and it's really benefited Josh Allen on the other side He's uh, ranked tied for third in the NFL with seven sacks. Uh, they don't, they're not great. He's, they've only got 12 sacks. They're not great at, at getting to quarterbacks, taking them down. They are pressuring them, but they're not getting to them. Josh Allen is, though. Uh, that's the one spot they got to be better. The question is, what is this defense when they're not getting takeaways? Because that's the concern. Can they be picked on a little bit in the passing game? They're pretty stout against the run. You know, How are they going to do in the red zone when they're not getting those those big momentum plays. Previewing Jags and Saints with Mark Long of the Associated Press. Okay, so speaking of the uh, you know the past defense here, Tyson Campbell, uh, the Jags uh, you know, top corner out for tonight. You know the Saints have Chris Olavi and Michael Thomas. Um, how do the Buccaneers plan to match up against those receivers? Or maybe they just kind of assume that Derek Carr, who's not exactly been Mister Accurate so far this season, is inaccurate again. Yeah, that would that would probably be at least 
a consideration for them, right? That they don't have to worry about uh, this isn't, uh, you know, Peyton Manning back there throwing or Drew Brees <laughs> for that matter. I mean, this is just, uh, you know, just a guy. And let's be honest, that's what he is. So, but he's dangerous and he's thrown. He's coming off a big, pretty good game. I think he took the 300 plus last week. So they got to be concerned with him. It, it, you know, without Tyson Campbell, that is a problem because he is their best cornerback. They will switch some things around. It'll be a, on, a, on a fairly new guy, second-year guy. Buster Brown will be in back there. Monteric Brown will, will be thrust in the spotlight. But they loved him. They loved him in camp. They loved him in the preseason. And they expect him to be a starter maybe even next season. But, you know, he's thrust in there a little bit early this week. But if I'm the, if I'm the Saints, I'm taking shots, right? I'm taking picking on him a little bit and see what he's got because this is going to be his first significant playing time of his career in a tough environment, on the road, unfamiliar opponents, all those things with it being an ENFD. So, you know, make him show you something. As far as uh, tonight, uh, what should we look for in addition to what we've already talked about? Is there anything else we should look for when the, it's the yeah, Jags' ETN. defense against the Saints' offense? Okay, well, either way, I, I that's fine. I think ETN is, is the guy. I mean, he's two touchdowns in back-to-back games, so he's got four in the last two weeks. He's kind of been their one saving grace down and around the red zone. Uh, they tweaked it last week with a little wildcat play, and he scored on it from 20-something yards out. So, you know, he is a guy you've got to account for. He did all kinds of damage against Buffalo late in that game. You know, and again, with Trevor being injured, this is the guy, right? This is the guy you're going to say, this is a little bit on you. This is your game. Going to carry the offense a little bit more. It's been Trevor Lawrence carrying the offense. Certainly ETN's gotten the touchdowns, but this will be a game where they go, okay, let's see what you got. Let's see what you got. Running the ball between the tackles, getting outside, maybe get him in the screen game, all those things that will get the ball out of Trevor's hands and maybe into a playmaker and, and see what he can do. But uh, that, that's, that's a guy I think definitively will be a big part. If the Saints can slow him down, then, you know, I think the Jags could be in trouble. And on the flip side of that, Alvin Kamara, right? This is going to be his third game back. You know, he's had two weeks now to get his legs under him. What does he do at home against the Jags that have been pretty stout against the run, what is he going to do? I think those two guys, those two running backs, would be the biggest X factors of the night for me. Okay, You're breaking my heart here with the ETN thing because I had him on my fantasy team last year, and he was really <laughs> bad in short yardage and really bad in goal line, and that's the reason that they drafted Tank Bigsby and so forth. I don't have him this year, and now he's an offensive machine. What, what has changed with him? <laughs> I, and I'm in the same boat. I had him on a fantasy team last year thinking, expecting big things and was completely disappointed from a touchdown standpoint and thought the same thing. Big B would be the guy and come in here and steal, would be a touchdown thief for them, goal line and short yard, and just hasn't, hasn't worked out that way. I think a lot of that, you go back to week one, Big B had a couple of plays there, fumble and a, a play where he didn't get on a fumble, and uh, they might have lost a little confidence. So between losing confidence in a rookie and ETN's playing pretty well, it makes it a pretty easy decision to uh, roll with ETN. All right. So bottom line, this game's pretty much a pick 'em. So who wins tonight in New Orleans? Yeah, I, if Trevor was healthy, I would take the, the Jags all day. I think this is a team that's shown it can go anywhere and win, whether it's on the road at home. Now they can win. They defense travels. I would take the Jags all day. Now, though, without with with 
knowing what I know about Trevor, just being hobbled, watching him on Tuesday and Monday and Tuesday with that brace, not feeling comfortable. You know, I don't know how I how they're going to get this done against Cam Jordan and company. Even won a game in Jacksonville last week. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and the, you know the Jags have never won in New Orleans. Zero and three, one of five NFL Ooh. cities. This franchise has never won. Hmm. Okay. So one quick thing, uh, other than to, I passed tonight, trade deadlines and Halloween. That's not too far away here. Any expectations that the Jags might do something? If they do, what might they try to add? Yeah, that's a good one, Bob. I would say certainly pass rush. I mean, again, when you're looking at 12 sacks, when you're looking at Trayvon Walker and Josh Allen playing about 80% of the snaps this year, you just I don't know how sustainable that is, right? Can you can you do that for a 17 game season? Do you want to do that for a 17 game season? So I would think they're absolutely in the market for a pass rusher. Uh, lots of rumors and heat about Daniel Hunter out of Minnesota. I know yeah. he signed a big deal, but that is a guy I would at least put on the radar. And if not him, yeah. then certainly the Burns kid out of Carolina. If Carolina's looking at this is a, a rebuild and they want more picks, I would say Burns and Daniel Hunter. Hunter would be a good fit. I'd probably say that about 30 teams in the league, though. Probably he'd be a good fit for them. He's he's a really good player. So uh, hopefully for him, he gets out of Minnesota. So there you go. All right, Sounds Mark. Good. Always good pleasure. Always a pleasure talking to you. Thanks much. Have uh, have fun. We'll see you. Thanks. Thanks for having me, Bob. Uh, my pleasure. Mark Long of the Associated Press. Always good stuff for Mark. And uh, that ETN thing, I'm still, you know, the tears are still, still coming out of my face. I had a chance last year in my fantasy league, and he did not help me at all. And then I didn't pick him this year, and he's you know, Mr. Touchdown. All right, next segment, phone call time, 602-260-1060. Also today's local roundup, including some Diamondbacks and Phillies discussion and a little Game 3 preview brief. Uh, we'll get a little bit about uh, the game to this afternoon. Uh, and then, uh, once again, don't forget the Extra Point hosted by Kayla from, coming up from uh, 10 to noon. And uh, we'll have much more on a variety of things at that point, including more phone call time at 602-260-1060. You're listening to Sports Now with Bob Kemp on KDUSAM 1060. Ooh, Kaylee Hartung's now on at Good Morning Football here. I need to end this segment and check her out for a little while. I like her. Uh, you're listening to Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUSAM 1060 and KSLX HD2 100.7. It's time for today's local roundup. Welcome back to the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KS Lux HD2 100.7. We do have phone call time right now, and I mean right now. If you want to jump aboard, feel free to interrupt. 602-260-1060, this general discussion. All right, on to the local roundup we go. Uh, the Diamondbacks look to uh, break through in their uh, series against the Phillies this afternoon at Chase Field. Probable pitching matchups, Ranger Suarez for the Phillies. He was a... Uh, Four and six in the regular season with a 418 or run average. His whip wasn't very good at 142. Not a big strikeout guy with 119 strikeouts. Brandon Fott goes for the Diamondbacks today. As I mentioned in the pipeline, this is a contrast of styles. Suarez, when he's on his game, which has been frequently, especially here in the postseason, he's a ground ball machine, quite frankly. 
Uh, Brandon fought a fly ball pitcher, and they try. They hope he keeps it in the park. And sometimes this year he has not done a good job of that, but that's been better of late. So we'll see how it goes on the regular season. He had a 3-9 record with a 572 run average, but that's a little misleading because a lot of those really, really bad numbers uh, were very early in the season before they sent him back to AAA Reno for a while. As far as uh, the uh, line in this game, basically the Phillies are minus a 130 favorite in this game, total sitting at 9. Actually, if I were going to do anything on this game, which I'm probably not going to do, but I might, uh, I'm not sure it's going to change my mind between between now and the two o'clock, uh, roughly two o'clock first pitch. But over the total of nine is much more inviting to me, or at least something to think about, as opposed to taking a side in this game. Uh, meanwhile, Arizona not that great at home. Uh, we just saw we just saw the Eagle, the uh, the uh, Phillies, obviously uh, tremendous at home. The Diamondbacks just 43 and 38 at home games during the regular season. Of course, they won both. Uh, they won their only home game so far this uh, this uh, postseason against the Dodgers. Uh, the Phillies on the road, though, during the regular season, pretty average, forty-one and forty. That's about as average as it gets. And you know, eighty-one road games in the uh, in the postseason, but they've been uh, excuse me, the regular season. They've been a little bit better in the postseason on the road, but not that much better. Uh, so we'll see what happens with that. And also, uh, Cattell Marte. Uh, I think I mentioned this yesterday, but he's been really the best Diamondbacks hitter in the in the postseason. Even if you go back to the end of the regular season, the last 10 games, he's 11 for 40. And uh, he has a hit every postseason game so far for the Diamondbacks. All right, Matt and Phoenix, what's going on, Matt? Bob, how are you? Hanging in there. Marte should have some success tonight considering his prowess as a right-handed hitter. Fair to say? That's true. You got to figure out how to get the ball in the air against Suarez, though. I mean, he's, Fair. you know, I mean, you know, he might be number one as far as you know, ground ball pitchers, at least the guys that are still pitching right now, because Framber Valdez is not the ground ball machine he has been. <laughs> That's who he reminds me of, the good Framber Valdez. Yeah, a little bit, except, you know, I think Valdez gets more strikeouts than Suarez, yeah. but, uh, and certainly does not throw nearly as many pitches because he seems to induce ground balls earlier in the count. Absolutely. Um, you know, we talked about not seeing anything regarding home field advantage uh, with Philadelphia since uh, maybe the Minnesota days. Um, have you right. seen anything in regards to the road success of the Astros that you can recall? No, I can't. I, I really that's. Uh, Something I haven't, I haven't really thought, I should have thought about this. I mean, I had like, you know, three days to figure it out or think about it in the last few days here. Not a clue. And especially, I mean, they've been unbelievable in that Texas ballpark in Arlington. Um, you know, they've had a, an unbelievable amount of runs. And now Tuve just seems to hit either a you know, warning track fly out or a home run every at bat. <laughs> yes, he does. Um, it's really unbelievable. Do you have an issue with... Um... Bochi uh, continuing to go with Scherzer as long as he did uh, in that game yesterday? Um, it didn't cross my mind at the time. Um, okay. I'm guessing that he might have thought that, you know, considering how good their offense has been, that maybe they they would, you know, get, uh, you know, maybe get, just scratch a few runs off the board qu quickly. But, yeah, okay. I didn't. If I have a problem, and I, you know, far be it for me to question Bruce Bochy's pitching decisions in October, <laughs> that would be pretty stupid. But I've got, I guess I'm going to do it anyway. 
Uh, going with an opener today, I might have uh, started that game with John Gray, but he ended up finishing the game last night, and maybe Bucci was right because he didn't look good last night, and that's the first time that Gray's pitched in like three weeks. Yeah, it's really interesting. I'm assuming you want to try to get some rust off of him and see if he could use him in a more, I guess, maybe high yeah. leverage spot later in the series. But That yeah, makes sense. I mean, yeah, I they're going to maybe need another start. Well, maybe he just piggybacks off of Scherzer if Scherzer has another start, which would be, I guess, game seven. Oh, goodness. Although it's in Houston, so the Rangers have to have the advantage, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. It's, it's um, nuts. Quick question on uh, Miami and Philadelphia. I think very clearly the game of the week in the National Football League. Um, yeah. Throughout. Um, uh, with key, uh, at key positions. Um, do you have an opinion on this game? Not necessarily from a betting perspective. I, I don't, I'm not going to bet the game. I just want to maybe sit back for once and enjoy a primetime NFL game, I hope. Um, yeah, that's true. What I really like is everybody gets to play. Um, you know, there were some encouraging things. <clears throat> excuse me. Some encouraging things yesterday with the Philadelphia injury report. It's a Wednesday, okay. so who knows? Whether you know, we you know, that there's all kinds of shenanigans. No, shenanigans is the wrong word. But uh, it's not like college football, which is all shenanigans. Uh, but, uh, you know, the Jalen Carter and Darius Slay were both limited in practice yesterday. Obviously, neither played on Sunday. Uh, Devontae Smith popped up there yesterday, though, which is maybe a little bit disturbing. And that would explain, I think, why they signed Julio Jones. Yeah. Uh, so fair. we'll see, uh, see what's up with that. And the Jalen Ramsey thing, I know that a lot of people made a big deal about this yesterday, which is great that he's already coming back and starting his 21-day window to yeah, return from IR, but there's no chance he's playing this week. No. But Mike McDaniel did say uh, yesterday or Tuesday, one of, it had to be yesterday, uh, he said that uh, he does expect Ramsey to be playing before the bye week, and they their bye week is on November the 12th. So that would okay. be uh, – Incredible so, recovery, considering yeah. it was supposed to be out until January or to December. Excuse me. The biggest question I have about this game, and the biggest question I'm going to have about Miami in any game against a physical opponent until they don't get manhandled, is whether they can deal with the physicality sure. of the Philadelphia yeah. offensive and defensive and lines and defensive front in the in the case of the uh, the front seven for Philadelphia, because when they played my uh, they played Buffalo. I think that's the only real physical team they've played. They got destroyed at the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball. Do you think the Sirianni decision to not punt and make Zach Wilson go 80 yards um, to beat them is going under-discussed? Because I thought it was absolutely horrific. I don't even remember the situation that much. Uh, okay. So I was kind of watching the multiple multiple games at that point. So I'm not like really sure exactly what the... And like six where... If you get the first down, the game's over. If you don't, obviously they get good field position on you, and he decided okay. to go for it. Hurt through a See, I don't, I don't remember, I don't remember that at all now. Since okay. until you, you know, so I'm, I'm completely lost. So yeah, I, I think hard for me to. Con- it, it, I'm sorry. You it, make Zach Wilson drive the field on you. It's probably a good decision to, to do. Probably that. is. Yeah, now that you mention it now, yeah, I would think that's probably the preference, but I don't remember it at the time. So well, let's hope uh, the that, Diamondbacks get back in the series and uh, kind of root for the Astros to uh, to win to extend that as long as possible. 
I'm just glad the Astros won yesterday. So I'm pretty, that's the first game I've actually bet this year in, in the playoffs and uh, not going to do it today. And uh, okay. however, if it's 2 2 uh, and there's a game, you know, game five, I think that I'll probably be on the Astros again. So we'll see. All right, Bob, enjoy. Appreciate it as always. All right. Thank you. All right. Good stuff, as always, from Matt. And uh, next up, we will round up the uh, sports zone or wrap up the sports zone for today, whichever word you'd like to use. Uh, wrap up, I think, is probably the better word, right? Uh, so we'll see what's up with that. Uh, we'll uh, jam in a little bit the latest line for today's baseball games in tonight's football game and uh, maybe a little from the wire action in the next segment. Once again, don't forget, stay tuned. The Extra Point hosted by Kayla coming up from 10 to noon. And uh, we'll have much more on the phone call front then. More phone call time for you. 602-260-1060. And uh, we will cover a variety of topics during the Extra Point today. You're listening to the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUSAM 1060 and KS Lux HD 2 100.7. It's time for today's National Roundup. Welcome back. Final segment of today's Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KS Lux HD 2 100.7. Uh, let's get to the baseball latest line for today. Uh, Suarez against Fott as the Diamondbacks host the Phillies in Game 3 of the National League Championship Series. Then no line change from basically the last uh, segment. Uh, Suarez and the Phillies a 130 favorite. Total in that game sitting at 9. Uh, the second game today, Major League Baseball-wise, the American League Championship Series, Game 4 in Arlington. Uh, Jose Urquidy ah, goes for Houston uh, against uh, Andrew Heaney, uh, the opener today for the Texas Rangers. Now, he's a guy that has Major League starting experience, so he's just not going to throw one inning and they're going to flip the lineup in the next uh, segment and put in – next inning, I should say, and put in a reliever. So if Heaney's good, I would imagine he'd go for a few innings. Uh, but the uh, uh, the uh, this is being basically a pick. And I could see you know, I see favorites on both sides. I'm just looking at the Las Vegas lines right now in front of me, and uh, for the most part, uh, Texas is a small favorite in this game. All right, yesterday in this game, this series, I should say, Christian Javier delivers again, pitched into the sixth inning, and the Astros. Uh, kind of for them exploded offensively as they uh, had an eight to five victory against the uh, Rangers and uh, you know obviously they did not do well offensively in the two games they lost in Houston. Uh, Javier uh, held the uh, Texas Rangers to two runs on three hits over five and two-thirds innings. Through strikes 51 of his 85 pitches were for strikes walked only one guy. He had some walk issues in the game that he won at Minnesota in his prior postseason start. So uh, uh, he certainly was on his game yesterday, no question. Texas loses for the first time in the postseason. They had won their first seven games in the postseason. Uh, so we'll see how this goes. Max Scherzer was gone after four innings. Uh, you know, he basically, that's the first game he pitched since the second week of, uh, second week of uh, September, excuse me, uh, because of a strained right forearm muscle, and he was out for a while. But Gave it a whirl yesterday. Actually thought he threw okay. Not surprising after that long absence. It seemed like location was an issue. 
Jose Altuve homered again. Martin Maldonado, a big two-run single to kind of break it open, gave them a 3-1 to one lead, 3 nothing lead, 3 nothing lead in the bottom of the second inning of that particular game. The Astros uh, win on the win on the road again. It's amazing. They're 40 and 45 at home this year if you count the playoffs. They've now won 17 of their last 20 road games. If you go back to the end of the regular season, pretty astonishing. All right, tonight in the NFL, New Orleans, a one-point favor. There's actually a little more. There's been some action in the last hour or so on New Orleans in this game, at least in some of the bigger shops in, the, in Nevada. For instance, Circa now has the Saints up to a two-point favorite. Also, the Westgate, another you know high-volume, high uh, you know high-handled uh, sports book in in Las Vegas. Uh, they have the uh, Saints also now a two-point favorite. Now, I even see a two and a half at the Mirage in Las Vegas. So that's all happened within the last, like say, 45 minutes or so. So I have no idea. If the Trevor Lawrence has been like not officially declared as he's going to start, but uh, there's stuff out there this morning that he's going to play for sure, at least going to try to play. So we'll see how that goes. So I don't think there's been any news that would, you know, usually when you have a change in the line at this time of the day, it's because of some kind of news item. I'm not aware of any news item that has opted for the Saints to be getting more action in the last 45 minutes or so. So maybe they're, I'll be looking for that in the next uh, hour or two during the Extra Point hosted by Kayla. Stay tuned for that. That's coming up next. Thanks for listening. This has been the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp.